You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Well, it's Wednesday and I've got Jim Johnson with me. Hello, everybody. And Louis Ragoni. Hi, Dolphins. I want to throw a shout out uh, to Don Shula for his 90th birthday last weekend. Jim, what did, what did Shula mean to you? You know, I became a Dolphins fan when I was about six years old watching Zonk just brutalize all the defenses. And Shula, <laughs> Shula was, was on the sideline and he had his jaw stuck out and, and he was just, uh, he was it on the field. He was the guy. Growing up, you know, you're watching football, and and he was always on the sideline, and and it was like a big part of me growing up. That he was like a constant right there through, you know, the Marino years, and uh, he was just a big piece of of my football life growing up. And uh, I was I was very upset the way he got kind of railroaded out, but uh, you know, Don Shula is one of my uh, you know my favorite football people for sure. Yeah, what about you, Lewis? Jim hit it. Hit it on pretty good there in regard to <laughs> growing up with him. I mean, Mike, me and you both grew up with him. Yeah. Um, I was 11 years old when I started watching him, and uh, he left when I was 35. Right, and I was nine, basically. So, yeah. you know, it, he was a constant. Whenever you looked over on that sideline every single week, you felt confident that we were going to win a football game. You knew your team was going to be prepared. Our team was going to be prepared, and that's what you loved about them is that they never got on the field and shortchanged you in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the way he adapted to different players, you know, that were drafted. You know, when he went to a passing game in regard to Marino's era. Yeah, I want, I want to, to see Belichick get to a Super Bowl with uh, David Woodley at quarterback. Right, exactly. Uh, we may we may find out in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. Killer Bees, Woodley, that that era, you know, prior to Marino, and then what Jim talked about in regard to the running game and just great defense, and uh, he he was just phenomenal, and he did it the right way. You know, he did it. He had so he had so much character, and uh, just a great great individual. God bless him. I mean, how old is he now? Ninety. Ninety, Lewis. I mean, incredible. He's outlived a lot of the players that were yeah. on that '72 team. You know, that's that's a sad thing. That just tells you his strength. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, a fighter. Again, you know, the team was always prepared to play football, and you always felt confident going into games that uh, Dolphins were going to win. And uh, that's what you take from him. And, and even uh, even in his lean years, and there weren't many lean years, but you knew they'd be competitive. You knew you, knew you could turn on a football game and, and be able to enjoy it. And that's not to say they never got their butts kicked, because of course they did. But you knew most Sundays you were going to be on the right side of the scoreboard. Exactly. I mean, sometimes they were just undermanned. They had some bad football teams, but they were always prepared. And that, that was the big thing with him. You know, he prepared for every situation. You know, leading yeah. up to a game. You know, a lot yeah. of the players have told us that. So, great, great person as well. Yes. We've had the opportunity to meet him on several occasions, and he's just a, he's just a great guy. Very fan-friendly. Um, I, I can't say enough about him. 
we met him and and i will tell you he he's probably the only person i've met that i was ever starstruck by <laughs> uh you know he's just such a, an intimidating presence you know mm-hmm. when we used to go down to saint thomas uh they had security there you know this is going way back yep. and uh um, weinstein yep exactly and we would we would kind of like just hover, you know, somewhere away from where the guys were, you know, the practice fields and stuff. And uh, they would walk over to this cafeteria over at St. Thomas. And Shula was always one of the last ones to walk over. A lot of the players would come by and, you know, we'd creep around, get some autographs. And Shula was always one of the last ones to come over. And he was always so gracious. You know, hey, fellas, how you doing? You know, uh, you looking forward to the season? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're looking forward to it, coach, you know. And he'd sign whatever we had. And, he'd, okay, well, you all tell you, have a good day. And, you know, he'd walk off. And, and that was that. And, he, you know, he was just always, always great about it. Yes. Had a lot of fun times down there at that uh, training complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of a lot of fun times because you could get close to the players. You don't you don't you didn't have all the restrictions that you have today. <laughs> yeah, right. It was like coming to one of our our Sandlot football games. You know, you could just walk up and and just stand what ten yards away from yes. the guys practicing. Yes. It was incredible. Yeah, I was going to say you got to pay to watch practices now. Yeah, yeah. well, that, I don't think they charge for them, Jim. Um, but they're not they're just not the same you know you're sitting behind a fence and you know it, it, you're not getting near the players unless they come to you and it, it's different it's just different very but much so very much anyway uh so let's talk to a tongue of Iloa. Uh, wow you did a good job on that mike yeah i've been practicing say that three times no fast uh, well, I, I have a feeling we're going to be saying it a lot. But so two two is declared for the draft, and uh, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got an opinion. They either want him and think he's going to be the answer, or they're scared to death because of his injury his, history and his hip and all that nonsense. Uh, where do you guys stand on it? Well, I'm I'm kind of in the middle on this. I've been following along, and and you look at his play on the field before the injury, and You've got to love his skill sets. I mean, this guy can put a ball on a dime, uh, you know, knowing he's going to take a hit. He sees the field. He's a left-handed quarterback, which adds a kind of a, you know, a new twitch for the defense to understand. Uh, so I like everything about this guy other than this injury. And I'm really torn about it because, you know, that hip injury you know, it always used to be a career ender. And nowadays, uh, you know, guys are coming back from injuries they never came back from before. Uh, but we still don't know if he's going to be the same player. And, and that is a big concern. But the guy has this definite skill set that we need, the pocket presence and uh, that it factor that we, we talk about a lot. So, you know, we're going to put a lot of faith in what these doctors have to say in the next few months. Uh, because it's only like three and a half months till that draft is here. And, you know, we're not going to see him, you know, taking snaps and running laps and, and, you know, doing all the physical stuff to know what he's all about. So we're going to be relying on a lot of doctors hearsay. So, well, the doctors seem to think he's going to make a full recovery. At least that's what they've said so far. Now there's a, another, uh, criteria where they'll know better and that's that's basically at the three month mark so you know that's still uh i don't know what another month away uh so 
once that time comes, they'll have a better idea uh, of his long-term prognosis. But uh, I have a feeling he's going to be all right. I mean, I, you know, uh, just based on the things that I'm reading. Uh, now, this is not a, a injury they can fool around with. It, it, you know, it, it's a serious injury. He, he basically had his the top of his leg go through his hip and out the other side, you know. Uh, so it's a, it's a delicate surgery. They had to put it back into place right away, which they did. And by doing that, it prevented uh, loss of blood flow to the area, which is really, really important because that's what uh, cost Bo Jackson his career. Uh, he didn't get it set back right away. And uh, there was some uh, blood flow problems to that area. And it, it cost him, as I said, his career. Right. So we'll see what happens. But, uh, I mean, if, if he is healed and they feel he's healed and they feel that he's going to recover and be close to 100%, then I'd have no objection with the team taking a chance on him. We've blown first-round picks before. So, you know, we've got three of them. I think they, they're in a position where they can gamble. Yeah, at I least, agree. You know, that's my opinion. Lou, what do you think? Well, the way I look at it is this. The quarterback position – Coming out of college is always a big question mark to begin with. Go back in history. We are, we had a show on that, as a matter of fact, going yes. back over the summer. And, um, you know, the fact that it is such a big question mark to begin with, and then you throw this injury on top of that, I would much prefer that they go in a different direction. Um, Do you have a preference? Um, well, we'll discuss that somewhere down the line, Mike. Okay. Oh, come on, Lou. <laughs> no, I, I, no, that's no, fair. That's no, fair. It, it, the, the reason I'm saying that now, Jim, is because I, I, I want to do a little bit more preparation prior to right. coming out and, and discussing one individual. Uh, there's a couple I have in mind, but he, here's the thing. Okay. We have the luxury and we have the luxury, even if we, um, draft to it to where we have a guy like Fitzpatrick in place. Um, you know, I saw on the, uh, the page this week that um, when you compare the quarterbacks in our division, that Fitzpatrick rated out better than all of them. So, you know, you can look at that a lot of different ways. Now, with, with the luxury of having Fitzpatrick on the contract again next year, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a guy as polished as say a Tua is coming out of the draft. You know, you have the ability to get a guy where you want him to be over the course of next season. So, you know, the injury just scares me way too much. Uh, the way quarterbacks play the play the game, and that is a big part of his game moving around and whatnot. I, you know, it, I, to me, it's just way too risky. At that, at that five pick, uh, th this is a real, real important situation and a real important time. And I think that you really have to hit on this pick. And, you know, I think there's just too many question marks behind him. I would prefer that they go in a different direction, but, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, they might not even be thinking about him. You know, we just don't know. That's I mean, it. it's all speculative. They may like three guys above and beyond him, and we, we just don't know. You know, we don't know who they like. Well, I will I will say this. I'm sorry, Jim. Go uh, ahead. They have scouted Alabama four times this year. Right. Which is a big number. Uh, so they, they may, you know, they, I think they do like him. The question is, have they, have they changed their opinion since the injury? Right. So we'll see. Have they talked about any of the other quarterbacks? 
oh, that have been scouted, scouted some of the other ones, yes, right. but I don't know that they've scouted them to that to that degree, to that extent. Okay, yeah, because I, I mean you. they had the whole group out there, you know. Right. Uh, so anyway, you know, it is what it is. Uh, they, they do things sometimes to be deceptive too, <laughs> you know. So it's possible, you know, they're they're scouting other players and uh, uh, two is not their target. You know, we'll see. So we wanted to go through the roster and uh, talk amongst ourselves and and see who we think they should keep and who we'd like to move away from. And uh, we're going to start on the offensive line and. Um, we have at center Daniel Kilgore. We have Evan Bain. We have Evan Brown. We have uh, Keaton Sutherland. Uh, of those guys, uh, and some of these guys also play guard, obviously. Of those guys, do you think there's anyone there you'd like to see them keep? To be honest with you, the only one that really serves any benefit right now is Kilgore. Uh, he's not a great center by any means, but he does have experience that we it's probably be his tenth year. Yeah, he does have experience that not much of this line has. So, I would be in favor of replacing Kilgore, but with the need along the line, I feel that uh, Kilgore is probably going to be staying here another year at least. Yeah, only only for that reason, Jim. Yeah, if they go out and they do draft a center, which I think they should at some point whether it be the second or third round. I mean, we have enough draft picks to maybe – I mean, I think that's something that they have to address. I, you know, that's – I've been saying it for a long time that across that offensive line, they have to get players, and I think it's our biggest need at this point. You know, the guys that you mentioned, Mike, I don't really like any of them. Kildor, only because he's been around for a while, like Jim said, maybe sticks again next season. Um, you know, I think he had a decent – a decent year, Mike. You would know better than me in regard to you know how he rated out when all was said and done. Some but, games were better than others, you know? right? Yeah, uh, but but he was one of our better offensive linemen overall when all was said and done at the end. Of but last. that's not saying much, Lewis. But that yeah, it, that's not. that's you took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth, Mike. Thank you. Uh, yes, it, it's not saying a lot across our offensive line. So. I mean, wait, listen, guys, we all we, we know what what our weakness is on this football team. You know, we can't run the football. Uh, we did an adequate job of pass blocking. I think Fitzpatrick had a lot to do with making them look a hell of a lot better than what they actually were. So across that line, we have to address the situation. And, um, you know, if if all the guys mentioned they're gone, I'm not I'm not you know, I, I'm not going to cry over it. I, can right, tell you well, that I, I got a few more here. How about you? Okay. You did mention Evan Bohm, I think, and yes. I, he's a guy that I think may may stick around just just for his added depth. You know, he's probably not going to be a guy you want to start, but I think he probably sticks around. I kind of agree with you, um, but we'll see. Yep. Shaq Calhoun, Michael Dieter, and Jesse Davis. Well, Davis and and Dieter are going to be here, Mike. D- Davis is on the contract, and uh, Dieter's a rookie. You hope that he improves. I think that. Uh, if we don't see improvement next year, you know, you may not see him around much, much longer thereafter. So, you know, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, which we've said on numerous occasions. Uh-huh. Um, you know, as far as Davis goes, I think that eventually, and we've talked about this as well, they may move him inside to maybe that right guard position and get him off that tackle position and maybe... Which you know, would be my preference. Right, which would benefit him and probably the team as well. So, those two guys are going to be here. You know, Jim mentioned, you know, for depth purposes, 
uh, alone. You know, you have to have you have to have a few guys come back. I mean, you can't replace ten guys across the line of scrimmage right. in one season. So those guys will definitely be back. And you know, I, I think that they're capable. You know, and, and I we, think Calhoun has a shot to be back as well as a developmental guy. Right. Yeah, that was that was my next thing I was going to add to what I agree with what you were saying, Lou. Uh, but I think Calhoun has a legit shot because he, he was, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere, and they're still molding these guys. and And a lot of the offensive linemen take two or three years to become, you know, really good. And we're going to have a new offensive line coach, and on and on. So. You know, Calhoun probably sticks just because he knows what's going on and they're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got three more guys to mention. Uh, these are tackles, Julian Davenport, uh, Adam Penke, and Jamarcus Webb. And I think all three of them are garbage, but that's just my opinion. Kaka. Yeah, I, Kaka. Yeah, I'd rather see Davis be a guard slash tackle and we bring in new guys. <laughs> yeah, those guys are, no. Nope. No, 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 Michael. And we have uh, Chidi Okiki on uh, injured reserve. He's a tackle. And that's about it. So, oh, Danny Isidore also. He's uh, on the injured reserve list. He's a guard. I didn't see much of him, but I don't think he played a whole lot. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't see enough of either one of those guys to really have much of an opinion. Yeah, he was rotating in and out, Mike, before he got injured. Right. Um, I think he was replacing both guards at times. And, you know, again, we didn't see enough of him. Um, you know, so it, it's it's hard to really comment on him. Yeah. On the um, defense, we got cornerback uh, Tay Hayes, Nick Needham, Eric Rowe, Lyndon Stevens, Jamal Wiltz, Nate Brooks, and one more, Stephen Parker. So of those guys, and I'll read them again real quick, uh, Tay Hayes, Nick Needham, Eric Rowe, Lyndon Stevens, Jamal Welts, Nate Brooks, and Stephen Parker. Any of those guys you think you'd like to see back? Well, obviously, I'd like to see Rowe come back. He, I think they've already signed him. Yeah. You know, he's... And he's listed as cornerback, but he was playing safety. He was playing safety, and he transitioned to that pretty well. Uh, you know, Nick Needham... You know, we all thought he was the worst player in the NFL in preseason, and he developed very well, so I'd like to see him back. And uh, Jamal Wiltz, uh, while he has some holes in his game, uh, I think he was a good addition to the team. So I'd like to see them at least get a shot at, uh, you know, that final 53. As far as the other guys, uh, you know, Hayes I didn't see much of. Parker's, you, didn't, you didn't see much of Hayes because he wasn't giving up much. He actually did pretty good. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I'll have to scope it out then. Yeah, Hayes, Hayes and Parker. Parker, I know, had a couple of interceptions. I yes. remember I remember yeah, him yes. having two picks. And, um, you know, again, you need a lot of depth in your secondary. So maybe Can't these have guys – enough good cornerbacks, right? Exactly. Sure. Maybe these guys aren't starters, but – you know, depth-wise, I think they'd be adequate, and they maybe Needham's definitely going to be part of the team. I mean, there's no there's no question about that. I wouldn't be shocked if if he's our start, starting quarterback op cornerback opposite um, Xavier Howard next year. I, I thought he played really well on occasion. I mean, you know, he was he had some tough assignments, and 
for a guy that that was a walk-on free agent, you know, he he played exceptionally well. So you'll see him back. Wiltz is kind of, you know, he he seems to look good at times and then other times he looks horrible. So it's kind of it's kind of tough with him, you know, to to gauge him. But um these are all young guys. He's only played one year, right? He's right. 25 I mean, years old. So I mean, these are all young guys. I mean, some of the the, the guys that we're talking about right now these guys are going to, some of these guys are going to definitely be on the team. I mean, Jim already hit on Roe. He's here, whether it be at safety or corner or both, you know, next season. Um, you know, I think he, he surprised all of us, uh, with his play for the most part. You know, when he got moved over to safety, I mean, give the coaches credit. You know, they, they made another great move back there. You know, they, they recognize things and, it reminds you of, of the type of things that Belichick does with the Patriot players. He moves guys around, puts them in different positions to where they're successful in doing that, doing that. And that's exactly what happened with Roe this past season. So, you know, I like some of the names there, Mike, you know, more so than a lot of other positions in the yes. offensive line. Yes. You know, I think some of these guys are definitely going to be on this team next year without a question of a doubt. Well, on injured reserve, uh, at the end of the year, you had Xavier Howard. Obviously, he's going to be your starter unless these legal things uh, demand otherwise. Right. Suspension. Yep. Rashad Jones at uh, safety. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Rashad back. Do we save money, Mike, by by releasing him next season, or are oh, we in the same? Or are we in the no, same? No, they're going we to save money by releasing him right, next season. So. I don't have the figure in front of me, but I think it's close to eight or nine million. Okay. Uh, Ryan Lewis, cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby McCain. Now, and uh, Bobby, you know, was it safety? Did they move him back to corner? I think his days are over as a corner. I think they solidify. Yeah. I think they solidified that last year by moving him over to safety. And, um, you know, I, I again, you need two safeties back there. So, you know, maybe Roe and McCain are your guys. We'll see how they, you know, how they approach it. And there's also Ken Webster. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Webster can go. Rashad has seen his last day, uh, you know, game in a Dolphins jersey. Lewis, uh, you know, one more name, Jim. Uh, Cordray uh, Tankersley. He Tankersley. was on the uh, physically unable to perform list. Right. And Tankersley was a guy we thought was going to take that number two spot, and it never it never it happened. It never happened. So, when did he get hurt? Early uh, on. It was fairly early, yeah. Very early. Wasn't it in preseason? It did he even been. start the year? I don't think we saw him play. I don't think so either. I think he got hurt in the preseason. So, you know, depending on what the injury was, he's a guy that, you know, maybe comes back and plays plays to, to what we expected out of him a couple of years back. This is going to be, what, his third season, Mike, next yeah. year? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You know, whether he's going to be 100% healthy and ready to go next year, uh, that's a crapshoot, I think. I mean, most of these young cornerbacks fit into a box. They, they played well at times, and at other times they struggled. Yep. So it's a matter of if they can progress their games. I wouldn't be firm in saying any of them are not going to be back, or or they will be back. I I, I think uh, it's it's really tough to call. Mm-hmm. At defensive end, you have Taco Charlton, Charles Harris, and Avery Moss. If you were trying to sell these guys at the swap shop, I don't think you'd get rid of them for fifty cents. Harris has just been a big letdown from the get go. Uh, just just not making any impact on games at all, and. You know, Taco Charlton came in and he looked promising in the first few games. He had a few sacks and we were like, yeah, 
But uh, then he just kind of disappeared. And another problem with these defensive ends is, uh, you know, they can't contain at all. That big, big problem. Yeah, and that's a huge problem for us. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they can all go away. Agreed. I don't I don't really want to spend any time on these guys at all because <laughs> right behind the offensive line. Neither will the Dolphins. The defensive end position is just, you know, it's just atrocious. I mean, the amount of sacks. I mean, Charles Harris had a half a sack this year. <laughs> it must I mean, have been a mistake. <laughs> I was going to say, he must have fallen down on the play or something. Right. He started five games. And uh, if you can't start on this football team with the depth that we have at defensive end, and you know that's a problem. I mean, Avery Moss, Mike, maybe, maybe he maybe. comes back for depth. You know, um, the other two guys I don't think are here next year. Avery Moss, maybe. You know, again, he had no sacks this year. You know, he did he did play in eight out of the 11 games he was around for. So he did start, I should say, eight of the 11 games. So he was starting over the other two guys that we've been talking about. And he was actually a little bit more productive. But um, if they all went, again, I wouldn't wouldn't shed a tear. He's another marginal player. Now, a defensive tackle, I, I mean, the, the absolute reverse needs to be said. I think all these guys come back, uh, Devon Godshaw, John Jenkins, Zach Seiler, and uh, Christian Wilkins, obviously. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'd agree with you. I mean, they, you know, Wilkins isn't going anywhere, and neither is Gotchow. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, they all played solid in the middle. Uh, you know, the middle wasn't our weakness. It was it was the defensive end positions that were just brilliant. Yeah, you have Jonathan Ledbetter, who was a defensive end. He ended up on injured reserve. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gerald Willis, a defensive tackle, ended up on uh, injured reserve. Right. Got not much to say about either one of those guys, so we'll see what happens with them. What would you think of Chandler Cox at fullback? <laughs> Didn't say him, Mike. Not enough of them. Not enough of them. I you agree. know, he had a few really good plays. Uh, there was a short yardage touchdown score, and and they it worked it worked perfect. You know, Chandler went in there and made the lead block, and it was a touchdown. But we just didn't see it utilized enough. You know, they struggled with the running game so much. I think they kind of abandoned ship with uh, having two two bodies on the field dedicated to the running game and they shifted to uh, having Fitzpatrick slinging it to uh, as many wide receivers as they could get out there. Right. I mean, you know, just the fact that he wasn't on the field a lot, it tells you something about uh, where he was. And, you know, again, he's a rookie. Uh, they they decided to go with a lot of double tight end formations with Gesicki on the field, who's, as we all know, he's not a great run blocker by no means. So if you are going to run the football, you know, maybe a better situation is in fact having a fullback in and uh, they decided against that. So it it tells you a little bit about what their thoughts are on Cox. The fact that, you know, I thought they were going to utilize him more so in the passing game, maybe throwing the ball because San Francisco and some of these other teams in the league throw to their fullbacks and, and right. the guys are always wide open because nobody covers these guys. And that's what I was expecting more of from him. Maybe even getting some runs on third and shorts, you know, the third and short, those fourth and, you know, a yard, a half a yard, those type of situations. And I don't know if he had a carry this year. And I don't think he had a pass reception this year. So, 
it's really hard to judge this guy, you know, with the amount of playing time he had. And it's there's an obvious reason as to why he wasn't on the field as much, even in certain situations, because, um, you know, they were in 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 situations inside the 10 yard line to where he would he should have been more utilized than he wasn't. So there's got to be a reason behind that. And right. This is kind of off topic, but, you know, this could be one of the reasons that Chad O'Shea was relieved of his duties. So uh, maybe it's a different uh, mindset to what Flores wants to do. But, uh, you know, I like the fullback idea, and I, and I thought Cox did fairly well in his opportunities. I think I did see him drop one pass that went his way, but uh, he just didn't get much opportunity. Right. Hey guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, Let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. All right. So at linebacker, uh, we've got Jerome Baker. We've got Vince Beagle. uh, We've got uh, Jamal Davis, Sam Echobon, Trent Harris, Deion Lacey, Calvin Munson, Andrew Van Ginkle. Now, of those guys, is there anyone you don't see coming back? Don't see coming back. Um. I yeah. didn't see enough of uh, Jamal Davis to say one way or the other. Yeah, Davis and Hayes probably won't be back, I don't think. Equivon is kind of the, the, the loose cannon guy there. Uh, he had some good games and then some pretty poor games. So it's, it's kind of I a thought th- he started really slow, but I, I thought he picked up a little bit as, as the second half of the season went along. I did as well, and he had some some games that were quite good. But I, to me, you know, I mean, there's only so many guys that are going to make it in here. And Van Ginkle is going to be a lock. You've got McMillan that's coming back off of IR. I, I believe he gets a spot. And Baker is your, your main backer back there. Uh, and Vince Beagle, I think, should get another contract. He's, he, he was a bright spot. They brought him in and he played well. So. Yeah, Equivon is interesting. Um, he had three and a half sacks, which, believe it or not, was second on the team behind Taco. Uh-huh. And he had nine quarterback hits, which was second only to Beagle, who, who you just talked about. So he did come on in the second half of the season. Um, I think he's here. If he doesn't start, he's here for depth. And, uh, you know, he's 26 years old. He's not an old guy. So I think you see most of those guys mentioned, Mike, all coming back. Um, Baker's got to have a better season than what he did. Um, You know, he did lead the team in tackles. Um, He had one and a half sacks the whole season. Um, I thought we were going to see a little bit more of him blitzing and getting to the quarterback. Um, It it didn't develop. Um, He had good games, and then he had some really poor games. So he's got to get a lot more consistent, and he's got to be the key to our linebacking crew. He has to be. I mean, I'm sure you guys agree with me on that. Uh, you know, he has to be the guy that steps up and be, and becomes like a leader on that defense. And um, I didn't see it this year out of him. Now, we're talking about him coming back. Obviously, he'll be back. McMillan, 
you know, like you said, those guys will all be there. Van Ginkel, I felt, had a really strong game um, near the end there. I think it was the very last game of the year. It, it, it all bleeds together at some point. Uh, what game did he have a real solid game, Mike? I, I think it was the New England game, right? Or was it the week prior against Cincinnati? I think it was against the Bengals. It was against the Bengals. Okay. I knew it was one of the last few games uh, where he seemed to play well. And, you know, we didn't see enough of him because he missed so much of the year and then he was kind of thrown into the mix. But like Jim said, I think he's going to be a solid contributor next year as well, whether it be starting or in situational play. So, you know, I think most of the linebackers come back. Now, that's not to say that I wouldn't mind them drafting somebody that's just a beast out there because we haven't seen any of those guys play in that situation. So Right. There's a couple of know. other guys uh, that they signed a, a reserve future contract with. That's uh, Jake Carlock. We don't know much about him. Terrell Hanks we saw play a little bit in the preseason. And uh, a couple of guys on injured reserve, uh, James Crawford, uh, McMillan, obviously. It's not a very inspiring group. I definitely think they they could add you know a, a quality pass rushing linebacker to that group. I, I think that probably should be one of their priorities this offseason. That's if they're going to play you know a three four. Uh, how do you guys feel? I, I assume you feel the same way. Oh yeah. You know I was excited to see Van Ginkle get with the program when we drafted him for that pass rushing linebacker, but with his injury and being on IR most of the season, we didn't really get to see him learn the NFL per se and and blossom. But, uh, you know, he could turn into a stud for us next year. But uh, exactly like you say, Mike, you know, overall it's kind of an average group of guys. So, you know, it'd be nice to add some star power to that unit. McMillan had some uh, decent moments. Uh, Baker had some decent moments. Neither one of them I thought were consistent. I'd say the same thing about, you know, Equibon. You know, he seemed to get better as the season went on, but I – I don't think he was anything special. And, and as far as some of these other guys like uh, Dion Lacey, you know, obviously we don't know much about him or, or Calvin Munson, so it's hard to say. Uh, but anyway, so th- that's it. Uh, Tabor Pepper is a long snapper. I thought did a good job. Uh, we didn't have any uh, real bad long snaps, so props to him. And uh, what about the punter? You've got to have a solid punter. Uh, and he needs to be consistent and, you know, the, the field position game can be critical. Uh, we had a lot of close games and when you pin them deep, that helps. And if you shank a punt, that's terrible. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned either way. I think they probably bring him back. Uh, but you know, the punter isn't high on my list of of, uh, priorities right now. I don't know. I think a punter is pretty important to be honest with you. Um, you know, especially, you know, pinning teams down inside the 10 and, uh, they can really change field position, and uh, when when you have a suspect defense, that helps. Yeah, I wouldn't mind another Reggie Roby. Yeah, exactly. You know, somebody with a leg that that's consistent. But anyway, quarterback. Uh, obviously, Josh Rosen is going to be back. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be back. There really isn't much to talk about there. Uh, you know, we we know their priority is to find a franchise quarterback. So uh, whether that happens this year or not, we'll see. Well, we all know that Lou wants uh, Rosen to start. (laughs) Fitzy, Fitzy, if he stays here and does what he does 
does what he did this past year, I'm I'm fine with that. I I love the way he played the game this year. And Rosen, I would love to see them move move him and try to get a draft pick back for him if that's possible. Because once we draft another quarterback, which is inevitable, um, you know, he just becomes. He, he's not a valuable piece to the puzzle at all. I think Fitzpatrick will be fine doing what he's going to do. And, um, you know, I mean, are, are you going to carry three quarterbacks next year? I don't know. I mean, can well, you do if, that? If Tua is the quarterback, I think you have to. Yeah, you right. do. If, if Tua is, yes. But, I mean, if he's not, you know, are we carrying three quarterbacks? Do we have that luxury? I, I don't know. I really don't. Not with the way the NFL is nowadays. Um, you know, so. They just signed Rudock again, I think, to some. I was going to say that, but, you know, that's, yeah. that, we can assume that's for training camp purposes. Exactly, yeah. Right. We can we can do that, but then again, you know, the writing could be on the wall for, for Rosen. Maybe, maybe. They, maybe they, you know, maybe. If they like him as much as you do, he's gone. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's as simple as that. There's not a need for him on this football team. Let's just let's just say it. I'll I'll say that and then just leave it at that. How's that? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you. All um, right. Jason Sanders, kicker. I love him. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was a little inconsistent, but but he was man, he was pretty solid. We need to bring him back. He's got a leg, and um, you know, he he can kick those long field goals, and distance is not an issue. I mean, it was he was just off. Even when we, even when he was missing on those long field goals, I mean they were good. They would have been good from sixty yards out. He was just uh, off a little bit left to right, whatever the case may yeah. be. I, yeah. I love I love him. That seemed to be league wide. Yes, you look around the league and it was it was an issue all the way across the board. Missed extra points over and over again. It's not the chip shot it used to be. No, it's not. But. Yeah, you know, they shouldn't be missing thirty-yard field goals as consistently as they are. And I mean, they're extra points now, but you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little more pressure on the extra point. That's all. Mm-hmm. Running back Patrick Laird. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Perrine, this first name, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samaji, I don't know. Uh, Delance Turner. We don't know much of the last two guys. Well, Perrine came over from the Redskins, and uh, yeah. yeah, he had some experience with them. He's not a bad running back, but I mean. He he's not going to be here, and um, right. Neither is the other either. fellow you mentioned. What, what about Belage and Gaskin? Gaskin, he's our seventh round draft pick from last year. Right. We didn't see enough of him, but you know, Mike, you know, all these guys. I mean, I like Laird, and I know Jim. I know you like him, and yeah. I, Mike. I know you like him. Uh, you know, he he he's a solid player. You know, he dropped a few passes here and there near the end of the year. Prior to that, he was he was spot on anytime the ball was thrown to him. He doesn't have any lanes to run through, so you can't really evaluate him in regard to the, his cap- him being capable of running the football because there were just no holes to run through. You know, Balaj, I think we saw enough of him to know what he is. I mean, they're, they're, this is, they need to upgrade. I mean, they need... Lacks vision and uh, toughness. Right, and he can't catch the football either. Yeah. They, they they need an upgrade. They need two – as far as I'm concerned, they need two running backs. And I'd love to see them sign a veteran, uh, no matter who it is, you know, much like they did with Gore that year, and possibly draft a young guy. 
and um, you know get get some type of running backs that are capable of making plays on this football team because the guys you mentioned are you know they're 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 below adequate. Yeah, you know? and we need a running back that's a an all around player. He's got to be able to catch the ball, rush the ball, you know, block. He's got to cover the bases. You know, with Balage, you know, he couldn't catch a football if it was covered in Velcro. He really struggled in the passing game. Just, you know, no elusiveness. And if there wasn't a big hole, he was done. You know. He was done. Yeah. It's just no no sidestepping, no making something out of nothing at all. It was painful at times. You know, Laird and Gaskin. You know, these are decent decent backs that have some capabilities, but they're not they're not the stud running back that you would want, you know, behind the quarterback. Well, they're not a bell cow back, but yeah. they're, they're a situational back. Yep, yep, yep. Walt Akins, uh Adrian Colbert, Montre Heritage, uh who else we got at safety? McCain. McCain, Rashad Jones we talked about, right? I think we talked about a good yeah. amount of these guys yeah. already, Mike. Well, Aikens we touched on earlier because he's right. uh, he's a free agent, but yes. you know he's been with the team. He's like one of our veterans now. Um, well, his value has been special teams. Yeah, he's a special team captain type of thing, and uh, you know if his price tag isn't too high, I'd bring him back. You know he's he's been a good core player for us. Agreed. All right, what'd you think of the tight ends? Kasicki, Durham Smythe, Clive Walford. Well, Walford, I don't think he'll be back. You know, Gasicki. We all know how he played second half of the season. He he was very very good. Smythe, uh, I mean, I you know I don't know. I mean, you know him and Balage, Mike. Uh-huh. Um, two big disappointments in my eyes. I mean, you you know you you figured them to progress this year and they didn't. Right. I don't think they did any more than what they did in their rookie year. If not, they they regressed. They went backwards, in my opinion. Both of those guys. Um, so. You know, can we use another tight end? I, I think so. I think I think we can sign a veteran and um, have him play opposite Kaseki in situations, and that'd be a major plus for us, a guy that can block. And I think that's what they were trying to do yes. when they signed, um, oh, Lord, his name. Uh, I can't come up with his name. Oh, the ex-Patriot? The ex-Patriot, yeah. the ex-Colt. I Lord have mercy, I can't think of his name. But anyway, that's what I think they were trying to do last year. And I think that they'll probably go down that same road this year in regard to getting a veteran guy to play opposite uh, that can actually block and can actually catch the ball when called upon to do so. Well, they have uh, Chris Merrick, who uh, we saw a little bit in preseason. He was on the practice squad. They, they've still got his rights. Yeah, I'd give I'd give Smythe another go round, and of course Gazeki and uh, Walford needs to hit the road. Okay, wide receiver Trevor Davis, Isaiah Ford, uh, Mac Hollins, Alan Hearns, Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson. Who's not coming back? Well, Mike, we've talked about Wilson, and uh, we have somewhat different opinions, right? You're under the, you're under the impression that. He might not be back next year, and I think he's definitely coming back. I right? do think he's coming back. I oh, know you do? I okay. said I, no. I know I said you're right. I did say I didn't think so. Right. Uh, but he has this. That was in the middle of the season. I said that, and I mm-hmm. thought he played much better the second half of the season. And uh, if if he 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 looked like he regained his quickness. 
And uh, if he's got his quickness and, and he'll be, you know, uh, uh, what, six months further along, then right. I, I do I do think there's a good chance that he'll be back to himself and uh, uh, they may decide to keep him. Yeah, obviously Parker balled out this year and he's got his contract. You know, Wilson, I was like you, Mike. I was like, yeah, he's he's just not what he used to be and let's get let's move on. But the, the last few games, he, he made a lot of key receptions and looked good, so... You know, Hearns is the guy that I just, I don't well, know. You know they, ju- they just gave him a contract, so I, I got to think he's going to be back. I know, but I'm just kind of on the fence about it. You know, Isaiah Ford made some great catches, so, uh, you know, I kind of. What a surprise he was. Yeah, at the end, it was, that was really, he made, I think he caught four first down receptions that were th- like third down plays. They were big plays, and uh, that was great to see. And then you've got Preston Williams and uh, Mighty Mouse that are on IR coming back too. So, you know, we've got we've got six guys right there: Ford, Hearns, Wilson, Preston Williams, uh, Grant, and and Parker. So, you know, we're pretty deep at wide receiver right now. So, I don't I don't know what's going to change right there. There's also Ricardo Lewis and uh, Gary Jennings and a few others. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, they they signed a, another couple to futures contracts. So, you know, they I'm sure some of that they do for training camp, so they just have the rights to bring these guys back. Yeah, true. Uh, but of of the group, you know, the main group, I, really, I mean, I, I do think it's our probably our strongest position outside of defensive tackle. The surprise to me, obviously, was Isaiah Ford because he'd been around a few years. You know, he, he's not a rookie. Uh, exactly. We kind of thought we knew what he was, and maybe we didn't. So. I'm curious to see more of him. Yes, you know, it's, when you when you talked about uh, Hearns, Jim, when he when they signed him to that contract, I the first thing I told Mike was, God, why why did they do that so quickly? Uh-huh. I haven't we haven't seen enough of this guy to warrant him getting that type of contract, and he had some really poor games. You know, the Buffalo game. Yeah, he turned that whole game around on on that fumble where he wasn't even hit. And if you think about it, down the stretch, you know, once we lost Preston Williams, it was Isaiah Ford and it was Albert Wilson that stepped up in his absence, in Williams' absence. And Hearns, you just didn't see much out of after that. You know, Hearns is a guy that they said functions really well against his own defense. He knows how to find the soft spots in his own. He's very good at that. Well, he needs to do a little bit more of what you're saying. He he does well, Mike, because I didn't see it. I just didn't see it. No, I hear you. You know, um, I'm not defending him. I'm just telling you why they resigned him. Right. Yeah, and that's exactly why I I mentioned Hearns because I'm I, I'm not sold on the guy. You know, we've seen all these other receivers make some spectacular plays, and Hearns has just been like meh. You know, so yeah, I, and he's 28, Jim. Yep. You know, I mean, he's not a young guy. Right. You know, he he's a guy that's now here over the next couple of years. We've got him signed until the age of 30, and I mean, is he a necessity on this team? I, I don't know. I mean, I would have much preferred they get another young guy in here. I think Ford would have been fine. Uh, you know, he proved that down the stretch, and I think they jumped the gun a little bit by signing him to that two-year contract. You know, Maybe. I mean, so we'll see. Time will tell. Yep. Yeah, time will tell. Maybe he'll become a, a big, important part in regard, like you said, Mike, to a possession-type receiver that 
that moves the chains next season. I mean, maybe that's what their thought process is with him. So we'll see. Well, maybe he had trouble learning the offense like a lot of other people apparently did. There was an article today saying that uh, that's all, that was a lot of the reason they let O'Shea go. Guys were just having trouble, and they felt like the New England offense was too complicated for a young team. So we'll see uh, where that goes. All right. We probably should run by the uh, playoff games real quick. Um, what do you guys like in the Viking-San Francisco game? I'm going to have to go with San Francisco myself. Jeez, go out on a limb, why don't you? Yeah, well, that's just how I feel. So I don't I don't think that uh, the Vikes are going to be able to pull off another upset. What's the spread in that one? Do we know? I, I don't, don't have it, it in front of me. Last I heard, it was nine, but I think it went down. Wow, nine. I'll take Minnesota and nine. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. San Francisco, uh, down the stretch, you know, the second half of the season, really – really did not play as well as they did in the first half. And Minnesota went into New Orleans and won. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go in and beat San Francisco this week. I just wouldn't be. Um, I think they're capable of doing it. You know, Delvin Cook. Seven points. Seven points spread. That, that's, that's a big number. Um, you know, I, I think that San Francisco's defense is a much better defense than New Orleans' defense is. But. Their offense isn't as good. So with that being said, I think we see another tight game this week, and I think it'll go either way. I really do. But uh, San Francisco's at home, so we'll give them – I'll go with San Francisco, but in a really, really close game. And I, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if Minnesota upsets them. I really wouldn't. Okay. What about the Titans and Ravens? Jim? Go ahead, Lou. All right, I you want me to start to, this one? Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts on this one. <laughs> it's a nine-and-a-half point spread yeah, before you ask me. I mean, I think the world would be in shock if Tennessee goes in and beats Baltimore. I mean, they're, they're the Super Bowl. They're, they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl this year for good reason. They play great football on both sides, and Tennessee just doesn't have enough. I mean, all you got to do is stop Derrick Henry, and uh, you've got their offense solved. So, you know, with that being said, I think Baltimore beats them by at least a couple of touchdowns. I think I don't think this game's going to be close. Yeah, you know, I would have to go with Baltimore, and I think I'd give them the points and everything. You know, even if Derrick Henry goes off and, and has success running the ball, I still think Baltimore is going to score more points than what than what Derrick Henry can, so I gotta I gotta give the nod to Baltimore. Texans at the Chiefs. Texans at the Chiefs. Kansas another, City. Another nine and a half point spread. Kansas City's favored by nine and a half. Now I would take Houston and the points in that, but um I don't think Kansas City's defense is capable of uh you know keeping Houston off the board. Now with that being said I you know I don't see Houston's defense stopping Kansas City, so Houston better hope that the weather is not great and there's uh, some, something there's something other than just the fact that uh, their defense is going to slow Kansas City's offense down uh, because they're they're not going to do it. I think Kansas City is going to win the football game, and I think they they're going to beat them you know by uh, maybe a touchdown. I think there'll be points scored in this game, 35-28, something like that, you know, something to that extent. 
Yeah, Houston's got J.J. Watt coming back, and and that's great. But I, I can just see Mahomes, you know, throwing the touchdown pass through his arms. So I just don't see Houston being able to do enough defensively to to slow that Kansas City offense down. And they are starting to click better than they were earlier in the year. Uh, I think it's going to go mostly Kansas City's direction. Yeah, Houston's lack of a running game kind of hurts them as well. I mean, if they had a little bit better running game to balance their offense out a little bit, I think you know, they'd be a better football team than what they are. They just don't have a guy that really scares you you know, out of the backfield in any way, shape, or form. So, and it, and Damian Williams, our old player, uh, seems to be coming on very strong late in the year. So, yep. Yep. you know, Kansas City's just got so many weapons to worry about. I mean, Kelsey and, you know, Tyreek Hill, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, that that's a tough, tough offense to slow down. So, yeah, that Holmes Field Stadium is a big advantage yes. there too. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. We got the Seahawks going to Green Bay as uh, four-point underdogs. Jimbo? You know, this is a tough game for me to call. You know, Russell Wilson usually puts up a good fight. Uh, but all things considered, uh, Green Bay's running game has, has been much improved, and that takes the pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, I think Green Bay being at home, they're going to do just enough. I think uh, Green Bay is going to expose Seattle's defense and secondary a little bit. And, uh, you know, Green Bay is probably going to win by about 10 or 12. Okay. All right. So you think they're going to beat them up pretty good then? I think Seattle's going to make enough mistakes on defense. And Aaron Rodgers is in the playoffs at home. And uh, he'll most likely have a good game, which means some broken plays that go for six. I think Green Bay is the better team collectively on both sides of the football. I think Seattle has some holes in their defense. And Green Bay on offense, they don't have to depend on Rodgers, but it's great to have him in your back pocket. Uh, their running game, like you said, has been great this year. And you know, Seattle's been hurt. If they were completely healthy, I mean, the Marshawn Lynch thing is a great story and whatnot. I said this last week, but he's not Chris Carson and he's not Rashad Penny. Those two guys combined are outstanding running backs. They're young running backs and um, they, they do a great job. And without them, Seattle's offense is going to be hurt by it. It's going to they're going to have to rely on Wilson, I think, a little too much. And I agree with you. I think Green Bay is going to win this game. I don't think they're going to win by as much as you think they are. I think they'll beat them by maybe a touchdown, maybe 10 points. But um, I like Green Bay in this one, too. I think they're a very solid football team. So you guys both picked all the home teams, am I correct? Yes, sir. Uh, but, 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 yes, we did. I'm a little iffy about that uh, San Francisco-Minnesota game. I think they're just going to edge them out, but yes. I yeah, well, so, so do I. Um, I kind of think the Vikings will keep that game close, at least for a half. Mm -hmm. Seattle-Green Bay is the intriguing game to me. Uh, that's the one I'm probably most looking forward to watching. Okay. You know, you got Wilson, you got Rodgers. What, what could be better? Mm -hmm. And, of course, we have our old friend Ryan Tannehill going against the Ravens' defense. Uh, can, can he do it? You know, that that's a big question. We'll see the answer on uh, Sunday. So, yeah, it should be a fun weekend. What's your least favorite game on the board here, guys? Mike said that's his favorite one, the Green Bay-Seattle one. What's Texans-Chiefs doesn't really excite me. Really? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the Baltimore-Tennessee game, I think, is just going to be over by halftime. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued because I want to see what Tannehill does and, and, and what the Titans do. Uh, can they compete with the Ravens? You know, I'm, I'm curious to see that. I, I also think... You want me to answer uh, that for you, Mike? No, no. I want them <laughs> to answer it because, you know, uh, I would not mind seeing the Titans win that game, to be honest with you. Don't think they will, but I wouldn't mind seeing it. Right. All right. Well, good luck with that, Mike. And uh... No, I didn't say I predicted that now, so I don't need no, much luck. There yeah. you go. <laughs> so, anyway... <laughs> Uh, we all like the home teams, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, look, the spreads are all big except for the Seattle games, so yeah. we're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, you know, it's one of those weeks where they appear to be better teams. And, and the thing is, you know, in the playoffs, sometimes a fumble, a little momentum, and all of a sudden the uh, underdog wins. So we'll see what happens. Guys, thanks for uh, joining me this evening. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure as usual. Yep. Yep. And, Fun time uh, as always, Mike. When yep. are we coming back? Next Wednesday? Next Wednesday. All right. And uh, until then, fins up. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, Dolphins. All right. So that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the Fin Fans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 